Welcome to episode two of Times of Hospitality podcast. We're extremely pleased to welcome Greg Friedman of the Peachtree Group. He's going to share some incredible information and tips for balancing risk and return in the hospitality investment sector. In addition to factors to consider when evaluating potential investments and opportunities in the hospitality sector. We hope you enjoy. Welcome Greg Friedman to the Titans of Hospitality podcast, the CEO of Peachtree Group. Thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thank you, Ricky, for, for having me. So, Greg, this is extremely impressive. Usually we speak with um, individuals that have developed a hotel, that purchase a hotel, that may manage a hotel, or may be involved in the finance. Uh, you've done an incredible job with creating this 360 perspective in all these areas, and, and you have a little over eight billion dollars in management acquisitions and financing um how have you got to this point over the last few years yeah uh it's been you know it's definitely been um a commitment of ours since starting the company going back over you know 15 years ago because i you know originally co-founded the company myself and i have two other partners in the business um, but we've been very successful and just you know over the last you know not only over the last several years but really over the last 15 plus years being able to pivot throughout the economic cycles and take advantage of the opportunities that exist if it's on the credit side of the business or if it's on the equity side of the business. And when I say the business, because we you know primarily invest across commercial real estate assets with primarily our focus being hospitality or ho hotel-related assets. Um, so we've been able to be you know very successful during the great financial crisis where we became big you know buyers of debt. Um, so we bought up a lot of debt you know, first mortgage loans, when I say debt, secured by hotel assets, as well as other commercial real estate assets. We were successful in in buying um, a lot of just hotel real estate assets beyond buying debt during the great financial crisis. Um, we were able to buy them at opportunistic levels, just given the, the pressure um, in the economy. We also were successful and continued to develop hotels because while we originally started the company going back to 2007, we were just a developer acquirer of hotels, so we've been able to make those pivots, and no differently than during the, um, you know, during the, you know, going back to the GFC. But then as we pivot, you know, as we went from the G great financial crisis to more of a normalized environment, we were able to pivot and become a, you know, become a very large direct lender to the hospitality space as well as to other commercial real estate assets through us launching Stonehill, our lending platform. And then, you know, again, we made a pivot as an organization in 2020 when we faced the pandemic and we were able to successfully go out and buy a lot of debt from financial institutions that were looking to delever their exposure to the hospitality industry. We bought over 180 loans, primarily secured by hotel assets. But along the way, we've been, you know, been successful to your point, going out, acquiring, developing assets, lending to groups that need capital to acquire and develop hotel assets as well as buying um you know buying debt when the opportunity existed so it's just you know ultimately our success is being decisive when the opportunities do exist and you know our ability to go out and buy at you know buy assets at valuations that are in most cases um you know at very attractive levels is where we've had our most success amazing and and greg with expertise in both debt and equity investments could you share some tips for balancing risk and return 
in the hospitality investment landscape? Sure. So I think the the one lesson I've learned is the reason, you know, most people end up losing money when they invest in the hospitality industry because it's a timing issue. It's not because they made a bad investment decision, um, but it's usually because of timing. It's just, you know, bad timing. If it's a, you know, if all of a sudden they're selling the asset in the middle of a pandemic or, uh, you know, during the great financial crisis to use those two, you know, black swan events as examples, but they're just, you know, it's bad timing. And so I think the biggest lessons I've taken just from, uh, you know, from being an investor into the hospitality space is you want to make sure you can sustain through um, economic disruption. So when there is a great financial crisis or a pandemic or other you know, economic um, periods of softness or disruption, you want to be able to you know, continue to maintain your asset. And so the way you're able to do that is you want to you know, really have good debt partners and you want to have really good equity partners. Because in most cases within our you know, industry, people are you know, either borrowing money from financial institutions, primarily banks or other lenders, as well as they have, you know, capital partners or equity partners that are helping them, you know, capitalize their projects. So you want to have partners that understand our industry. They understand these, you know, these economic disruption periods, how they're they're going to impact the performance. Um, you want them to realize, like, even during the pandemic, um, it was a, you know, very dark, you know, dark period of time for the hospitality industry. But the hospitality industry now has rebounded in most cases where, you know, most markets are well above where we were pre-pandemic. So you want to have part, you know, partners, and when I say partners, it's equity partners, it's lenders that understand our business. You want to be thoughtful, you know, thoughtful about the leverage points. So you don't want to have too much debt. You want to make sure you use the right amount of leverage. You're thoughtful about the, you know, the cost of your debt. Uh, you want to have flexibility and being able to pay off your debt. Um, so you don't want to be, you know, necessarily locked into um, debt that doesn't allow you to you know, pay off or sell assets and allow that debt to be assumed. So you want to have as much flexibility as you can maintain. And that's a big part of um, being able to sustain and you know, hold on to your assets during these economic disruptions. The other part is making sure, because the other, other impact that I've noticed in many cases, what ends up happening is groups aren't well capitalized, not only at the asset level, but also at the corporate level to, to survive through these economic disruptions. And so you want to make sure if you're acquiring assets or developing assets, you have the appropriate reserves in place. Um, so you want to make sure you have the right, if it's ff &E reserves, if it's having debt service reserves to be able to manage through the, you know, these, these economic disruptions, or I call them cyclical periods. Um, and there's also just within our industry, there's seasonality. So you just want to make sure you have enough liquidity, both at the asset level side, as well as the corporate side to manage through these periods of time, because the business, you know, ultimately you're going to, you know, in most cases you should be successful if you pick the right markets, the right brands, the right product type uh, for these markets on the hotel side, you're going to have success if you can sustain through these periods of um, economic disruption. And so that's probably, you know, these are probably the biggest lessons I've learned over time. Those are great lessons, Greg, and maybe we can do a few specifics. Uh, can you provide the audience with three critical factors to consider when evaluating potential investment opportunities in the hospitality sector? Yeah. So I think, you know, I'm a big believer that you got to focus on the, you know, your, the brands and the product type. So you want to have the right brands because, you know, the brands, and when I say the brands, you know, the different franchisors that 
you know, server industry. In a lot of cases, they're helping provide that retail distribution. So they're providing that, you know, that distribution of, of demand for your product. And you want to have the right product type um, developed or, you know, you want to acquire the hotels that actually attract those types of guests and the specific submarkets that you're serving. So if you're in a market that's that doesn't have excess state demand, you don't want to necessarily be, you know, developing or operating an extended state hotel. You want to have a more transient hotel if it's a, you know, transient type, you know, market. So you want to have the right type of brands, the right type of product. Um, and I think, you know, the premium brands you find tend to outperform because they have stronger retail distribution channels and they tend to be less cyclical um, because, you know, our industry typically is impacted by economic recession. So you do find that the premium brands tend to be uh, more sustainable from a demand perspective in periods of economic softness. Furthermore, you know, you really want to focus on your basis because um, hotels, there's a real estate component and that drives a lot of the um, value, you know, when you look to go sell the, you know, the reversion, you know, is really driven based on that real estate value. And there's an operating side of our business, but if you're at too high of a basis, um, you're never going to make money. So you want to be at a basis that, you know, is not only um, necessarily at or below replacement costs, but more importantly, you want to look at the historical trades because a lot of cases, there's a lot of markets that just don't weren't developing new hotels. And even though you're at a discount to replacement costs, you wouldn't necessarily even look at building new hotels in those markets. And so you potentially you need to be at even a larger discount to what it would be for replacement costs. So basis is very critical um, because that's, you know, I feel like you make most of your money in the hotel business, like all of commercial real estate. It's when you, you know, it's really on the buy side or on the development side. So if you're at, in at too large of a basis, that's going to impact your ability to get outsized returns. And then finally, you know, I would say it's location in the submarkets that, um, and when I say submarkets, really the submarket fundamentals. Um, so you really want to understand, you know, what's happening at the submarket from a demand perspective. You know, how sustainable are those demand drivers on the supply side? You know, is there, you know, what is the new supply that's coming in the submarket relative to demand growth and sustainability of those demand drivers? Because has historically the market benefited from some artificial events? If it was like the Super Bowl that occurred last year, or maybe there was a natural disaster that drove a lot of business that's just not repeatable. Um, so you want to be able to factor those pieces into the equation, as well as understand how much new supply is coming in the market and understand if that's even going to be, you know, absorbed um, into the market over, uh, you know, over a period of time that makes sense as well. And then you also, you know, again, going back to the location component, you know, you want to have a location that, you know, because there's no question, you know, like all of real estate, location does matter for hotels. And you want to have a location that is, you know, that is in a great location relative to where the demand drivers are in that submarket. And then you also want to have a lot of amenities around you, a lot of support amenities, I call it, you know, restaurants, um, you know, other, you know, theaters, things like that, that can help, um, you know, help the guests want to pick that location because they can, you know, there's a lot of walkability around you. Um, we find that guests, you know, favor to be in areas where there's a lot of walkability if it's in mixed use developments and they tend to be willing to pay a premium, which in a lot of cases, and when I say pay a premium, pay a higher average daily rate, which allows you in a lot of cases to drive higher returns on your investment. So to me, those are the factors that you want to look at and consider, you know, when making an investment.
very, very helpful. Um, and to, to, to finalize uh, the podcast, one last question. Uh, the concept of vertical integration within Peachtree Group is unique and effective. What are some of the ways this approach has enhanced the company's ability to respond to market shifts and deliver better value to investors? Sure. So given the fact that you know, we are vertically integrated and that we invest up and down the capital stack, as we mentioned earlier, you know, so we you know, invest on the credit side and we invest on the equity side of hotels. We have an operation platform. Um, we have a development company. We have a lending platform, an asset management company, and a couple other companies that are set up to really optimize and drive the returns on the investments that we make across the hospitality space. You know, I believe it gives us you know, a, a huge advantage you know, when making investments, because we just have so much data internally, so much strategic insight that we can utilize when underwriting specific submarkets or looking at trends that are taking place. And so we can be much more decisive um, when opportunities do exist. So it allows us to really, and I call it our biggest competitive advantage as a firm, it allows us to pivot when it makes sense. So when we're back in March of 2020, you know, we have real-time data internally on what's happening on the credit side as well as the equity side and what's happening at the asset level across hotel assets. And so as we started seeing trends going you know, through the summer of 2020, we had conviction to go out and start buying debt. So we were one of the first buyers of larger debt portfolios back in 2020 because we had all this internal data that gave us a huge advantage. So I would argue that you know our ability, um, given the fact that we are vertically integrated, you know our ability to pivot has allowed us to um, you know, continue to maintain a lot of success on the investment side. It's allowed us to see trends and ultimately provide you know, better value um, to our investors. Well, great. Congratulations on all your success. Um, Peachtree Group is truly a 360. And thank you so much for joining us on this podcast. Yeah, thank you, Ricky, for having me and really appreciate your time. Absolutely. Absolutely.